And welcome to the happy hour. The always fun. Semi-informative. Always relevant. And slightly irreverent. Happy hour talk show presented by App Growth Summit. So whether you're on your way to work. On your way home from work. Or you're bored at work. Pop in an episode and take a quick shot of the happy hour. So yes, Andrew, that will be the punniest <laughs> podcast intro you've heard all week. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so we're here right now today with Andrew Burnbrier. How you doing, Andrew? I can't complain. Pretty happy. Awesome. Uh, so tell the amazing masses of audience uh, what you do briefly. Who I am and what I do. Who uh, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? Uh, hi, everyone. Andrew Burnbrier. Um, I'm a growth and sales advisor for a number of different tech companies. I also consult for them as well um, across the whole space, um, whether it's on the supply side, the advertiser side, DSP tech side, um, as well as on the client side. So BBC, Title, I name a few of them. So when you uh, consult for many of them, is it essentially like you they just pay you to entertain clients, essentially? <laughs> that has been a part of a couple of the contracts, yeah, um, which is certainly a, a mo- one of the perks of the job. But the majority of it is um, go-to-market for a lot of the, the tech companies, like more of the ad side. Uh, go-to-market, uh, global expansion. We have a product. We don't really know who to pitch it to or how to sell it or who is our target audience. Do we go enterprise? Do we go small, mid-tier? So I come in and help advise on a number of those uh, tactics. And then on the consulting side, it could be anything from literally taking clients out and having some fun, um, you know, to pushing deals forward, as well as helping train up sales teams and things like that. So advisory is more of a long term or working on a regular basis, whereas consulting, I prefer more projects. So, so Andrew, you just uh, just flew back in from Florida. You visited your lovely, amazing grandmother. Absolutely. Josephine's my favorite. Hey, Josephine. Definitely not going to be listening to this. I don't think she even knows what a podcast is. Hey, you never know, right? <laughs> the shout out is good. Yeah, and we're shout out also, is good. And Kaylee is our co-host for this one. Hello, Kaylee. Hello, everyone. And this is Kaylee's first time in New York. Oh, bienvenidos. It is. <laughs> I, I want some pizza. That's what I've heard. I need to it's get. It's really New hard York to miss. <laughs> yes, and do not eat pizza with a fork here, a fork and knife. Yeah, it's kind of sounds like taco. You have to like fold it. I, that's kind of weird to me. Yeah, I mean they just they give you a plate or some napkins and you just eat it. I yeah, mean, I'm like I feel like really messy when I do that. But I guess if that's gotta go with it. how you do it in New York, don't yep. be George Costanza. Okay. <laughs> eat your Snickers with a with a fork okay. and knife. Okay, I'll eat it with my fingers. <laughs> yeah, just take the slice, fold it in half, and just eat it from there. If it, the grease is dripping down your arm. Them, that's the way you're doing it, it right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. So we'll go off for pizza after this so you can have your first window pizza. I would love that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> you like window pizza, Andrew? I mean, honestly, like everyone always has their favorite pizza place in New York. It's like, oh, I got to go Joe's Pizza in the Village, stuff like that. But you can't really beat a 99 cent slice from two bros or something like that. Like, sure. honestly, the, the spectrum is huge, but the 99 cent cheese slices are pretty darn tasty. I also just feel like, how can you mess up pizza? Oh, it's very easy. And really? A lot, a lot of places do. Yeah. Really? I just Put feel like it's like... Put pineapple on it? <laughs> well, yeah, but like besides the toppings, it's like the same, like you have the crust and the sauce and the cheese. It's like... There's so much goes into that. <laughs> I mean, okay, okay. That's all, I mean, okay. this is like a real New York pizza conversation. Okay. It's like, well, how right. different can it be? Okay. I mean, it's freaking cheese. So coming from the West Coast <laughs> then, I guess it's like a little different in terms of the pizza standard. Well, how about this? Can you screw up a taco? Yes. There you done. go. Okay, there done. You go. <laughs> Arguments invalidated. Okay, okay. 
Yeah, it's also like the water they say, like just yeah. the water that they make the dough with and everything. Okay. It's like, you'll see when okay. you have a New York slice of pizza, slice of pie over there. So TLDR, TLD, listen, TLDL, maybe. I'm yeah. going to get pizza today for the first time. NYC in pizza number one, bro. Number one. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Joe's Pizza, Greenwich Village. Right. <laughs> or Two Guys 99 Cent Pizza Slice. <laughs> there would definitely not be a big ROI on that. I don't think so. <laughs> All right, so uh, so you were coming back from visiting grandma, and uh, anything interesting happened on the trip on yeah, the way I, back? I, I popped down there to go visit her. Um, she hasn't been doing so well, so I, I got on a plane for the weekend to go see her. And uh, as we were leaving, you know, she gave me one of those big grandma kisses on my cheek, um, which I cherish. I love. Every, you know, a lot of people know how close I am with my grandma. She's the the lock screen on my iPhone. I see her <laughs> face Aww. every day. Yeah. Uh, um, and so she gave me a big old kiss on my cheek. I said, "Love you," and, and took off. And uh, I knew there would be some lipstick there, but I was like, "I'm not going to wipe it off right away." You know, it's my grandma. Yeah. I drove an hour and a half to the airport. I went through security um i I sat around waited for my flight and as i'm walking on the plane about you know four hours later i realized that i still had the big lipstick kiss on my cheek (laughs) and at that point i just said okay well it's a part of me now so i wore it for the rest of the flight until i got home and took a shower (laughs) i think that's adorable It is. It's you okay. Took grandma with you back yeah. back to New York, and then a bunch of people probably thought I had a face tattoo or something like that. <laughs> it's what they do nowadays. Yeah. They probably thought you're a rapper. Yeah. They're like, oh, cool, okay, got it. Like, oh, you start the trend, you know, like Regina George did in Mean Girls, like cut the <laughs> cut the shirt. Now you're gonna start the trend with the. I'm not trying to make fetch a thing. Don't worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is not going to happen. <laughs> All right, so we're going to ask you a few fun, interesting questions here just to kick it off. So basically, uh, a little intro just in case you first started listening. While other podcasts have like very serious interviews throughout, we figured there's enough of those out there, right? So let's have a more fun podcast. Let's just take some industry vets like yourself and people are doing some amazing things and let's get to know them as well as what they do. And we will get to the, you know, the more techie stuff in a few minutes. But first... Let's just ask some non-sequitur questions. So, Andrew, mm. question number one, what comforts you on bad days? Wow, that's a heck of a question. Looking um, at your lock screen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what comforts me on bad days? Um, definitely going to the gym. I know it's probably a bit cliche and uh, got a few groans to listeners right now, but if uh, I'm really stressed out or it's been a really intense day, I just get super hype and go to the gym and kind of sweat out all the anxiety and stuff like that to the point where you're just too tired to really worry about much that yeah. helps a lot also I, I'm a big fan of walking meetings so if, if it's a really stressful day like hey why don't we just go out and walk around the block something like that um, spend a few minutes out so pretty basic things that come for me but then also coming home spending some time with the girlfriend having laughs about absolute nonsense um, I think that helps a lot I'm, I'm pretty good at separating uh, work and life so you know I guess church and state so when I get home I like to just completely let go and goof around I'm a very goofy person as I think <laughs> a few people know. Yeah, that's that's what everyone loves about you. <laughs> I love that. So, Andrew, next question. Do you have a favorite t-shirt? If so, what's on it or what does it say? You know, as you were asking that question, it already popped into my head what it was. Um, there's there's an old one and a, and a new favorite. Um, the, the old favorite is, uh, embarrassingly enough, a picture of Tiffany Amber Thiessen from Saved by the Bell. And she's got a big smile on her face. That is fantastic. <laughs> and uh, I would joke that like she was my spirit animal. She was just the, the excitement and exuberance in the picture. And it's also just it's bright colors and it's it's I mean, it's it's a hideous shirt, but amazing at the same time. Uh, 
my new favorite though is a, a t-shirt that was a gift and uh, it says Leo rising on the the top over my chest and that's a, an inside joke with someone very close to me <laughs> all right and word on the block I heard you're kind of a fashion guy which is kind of related to shirts Wow so uh, <laughs> what about your shoe collection I mean, do we have enough time to talk about that here? <laughs> um, I think uh, you know a handful of people know I am a, a sneakerhead. I collect sneakers. It's something that when I was a kid we couldn't really have. So once I started making it on my own, that became uh, really important to me. And uh, yeah, I have some good ones on right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want some ASIC white splatter paint. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I think in terms of favorite pairs, um, it's probably my Jordan 11 Concords nice. because that was kind of a Grail sneaker as a kid. And uh, if you ever liked sneakers, like you know which ones, it's the patent leather, white and black Jordans. And uh, I bought those for myself for Christmas last year. It was uh, a really, really nice day. I love it. What are the most exclusive pair you have or the rarest pair? Uh, rarest pair? Um, I, I have a pair of, of Bruce Lee Bait crossovers, which you can't really find anywhere. And I have a couple of more limited sneakers as well. But in terms of expensive sneakers, I have some that have, have gone up quite a bit in value. But I like a lot of the good sneaker heads. I try to get them on retail. Like you actually have to do the hunting and finding. Um, the whole resale market kind of takes out the excitement and the joy of sneaker hunting. There's a, there's a shoe store in L.A. called Undefeated. Mm-hmm. You ever go there? Very familiar, yeah. So whenever there's a new release, there's there's a, a line down the street with yeah. all the sneakerheads. <laughs> there's always a line down the street, especially nowadays. I mean, the market's gone crazy and all the resale. So unfortunately, like a lot of those people that are there are more in it for the clout and the reselling opportunities versus just appreciating having some really fire sneakers on. And do you have those Balenciaga stock sneakers? I do not. I, I don't really like many of the Balenciaga sneakers. I like they, they have a bunch of deconstructed sneakers and, and stuff like that. And I think it's a little ridiculous to be buying sneakers like the golden gooses that are already super dirty and trashed up. That's kind of antithesis of my approach to sneakers. Um, so, no, I, I don't have any of those. I kind of uh, purposely rebel against them. But I don't I don't have any affinity to any specific sneakers. It's more of, of models within the brands. Cool. And we'll ask one more question. Um, what is the best costume you've ever worn? Oh, wow. I've worn some good costumes. Hmm. Uh, well, my costume this year was um, uh, a business spaceman, and I wore a suit and a space helmet and some space gear, and a lot of people were like, what the heck are you? And I was like, I'm a spaceman. What are you talking about? People, you don't think people have to work in space? <laughs> Come on. Uh, so I do a lot of funny costumes like that. But uh, what is my favorite costume? Oh, man. Uh, my favorite costume for one, Beta Breakers, uh, a good friend of mine and I. Uh, it was a circus theme. We always do like group costumes for Beta Breakers. And um, the group had picked circus theme. And so he and I were trying to figure out what we wanted to do. And so we decided to be conjoined twin acrobats. <laughs> so we wore like the unitards and all that sort of stuff and we put on a belt underneath the unitards and connected it with a carabiner so we spent the whole day literally attached at the hip <laughs> with each other <laughs> that was probably uh, the best one <laughs> that's hilarious now we're going to do a segment called talk nerdy to me and that's where we get into the industry talk 
So, Andrew, what is the most fun part of your job? Well, obviously doing this right here is yeah. certainly the, the highlight, the climax. Um, <laughs> I, I, really, I really enjoy speaking at conferences. Um, you know, I think uh, quite a few people know that I, you know, I enjoy being on stage and I like the jitters beforehand. I like feeling nervous beforehand. You know, I, I always say that if you're, if you're not a little bit nervous before doing something, then you're probably not doing something worth the effort. Um, so I like that feeling beforehand and then getting up on stage and entertaining a, a room full of people and then that that applies to internal with companies as well being being the motivator being the the, the voice of reason and, and excitement at the same time you know people know that they can trust you and they know that in the in the eye of the storm you're the one who's calm and, and collected so then you get to turn around and motivate everyone and get them excited so i enjoy that quite a bit Cool. So you're a jitter junkie. <laughs> yes. So yeah, <laughs> I like the nerves. Next question: How do you stay up to date with the latest industry trends? So many different, so many different sources of, of information nowadays. But I have a couple different alerts set. Um, I'm on Crunchbase pretty regularly and Angel Co. Things like that. Um, there's a, a little, uh, what's that? not little, but it's called Future Party. It's a, a newsletter that comes out. They also do a lot of industry events and stuff like that. It's a little broader than just mobile, but very specific to to advertising into mobile into overall tech. So that's a really interesting one, kind of a different spin than what you would normally see. And then, of course, you just have you have the the, the conferences and the interactions with people that is a pretty good source of info i'd say well at least one conference is a at least one conference yeah. yeah there's a top conference and then there's other places that maybe you show up what what would that conference be uh the name slips me right now oh app girl summit that's oh right. yeah, yeah that's, that's right that's <laughs> shameless plug shameful shameful but shameless at the same time and you gotta fe- do it it does not feel bad no <laughs> Um, another question, what's the best piece of career advice you've ever got? Career advice is interesting, right? Because sometimes you get really good advice that's pertinent for that time, but it's not necessarily applicable long term. And I think that that's really important when when getting advice and when when deciphering what you're going to follow and what you're not. But I think my my best piece of advice that I've ever received was following the 80-20 rule. We can spend so much time in the minutia and that's not really going to be what's delivering results. And it can really sidetrack you from your main focal point. So I try to live as much as possible by the 80-20. You got to get it to the best possible place you can. And obviously, you don't want to miss the specifics. But at the same time, you don't want to give up the overall push and the overall product and stuff like that just for the sake of some small minutiae. And that, that comes to whether you're doing a career search or within your own company, things like that. Hey, Andrew, can you name one industry topic that you're fired up about right now and why you're fired up about it? Sure. Um, most specifically right now, it's around location-based targeting, hyper-local targeting, and, and, and what the potential is for it in the future, and also a lot of the restrictions and um, future regulations that are coming up around it. And uh, I mean, the I think what makes me most excited about it is it gives real audience building and real connection with your with your target audience at the point of sale. It also allows for some really interesting start to finish advertising cycles. So, you know, I've talked quite a bit in, in different events around customer lifecycle advertising, the effectively bridging the gap between branding and performance-based advertising. You know, I always found it interesting that brand is always considered diametrically opposite from performance, but for every brand campaign that happens, there's still a case. API 
at play. So I've been trying to bridge this gap for quite a few years. And something like hyperlocal targeting is a very clear progression for that. Um, you start from those first touches. You know, you have to interact with a brand five, six, seven times before you're actually going to convert. So we start with with tickle campaigns. You see it on, you know, you see videos, things like that, that then leads to eventually a click. And then you continue targeting that person until they finally convert and keep following them on that path. So it's combining CRM, performance, branding, advertising, all the way down to that final ultimate conversion, which is, you know, for, for most brands, an actual purchase. And with Hyperlocal, you can track that person from the very first time they saw your ad all the way to the point of sales in store. And that's a very awesome value chain. You'll be able to see exactly what each piece of your advertising is providing value to and, and how it's causing changes in, in consumer behavior. But at the same time, no one wants to be tracked. I mean, I have limit ad tracking on my phone and I'm in the business. Um, so I think, you know, what, what's interesting now is one, how is regulation going to impact this? Because obviously, again, no one wants to be tracked to that level of minutia. But at the same time, people are always willing to give up data and give up that type of, of information about them if there is a really clear value proposition. And I think that's what's been missing in the industry is there's been a lot of surreptitious data gathering and, and usage without the, the end provider, which is ultimately me, you, everyone else with a phone, getting really anything out of it. <laughs> so I think most people nowadays understand that they see ads to be able to use something for free. Right, like uh, the very famous, you know, asking Mark Zuckerberg, how does Facebook make money? <laughs> we show ads. <laughs> um, so I think most people understand that it's it's how we watch TV, stuff like that. Well, how we used to watch TV. Thanks, high cord cutters. Um, <laughs> but if people understand that I get this in exchange for my data, I'm going to happily do it. I actually spoke about this at uh, the Tune Postback conference in, I think, like 2015 with the chief data privacy officer of Macy's. And we, we chatted about that because you, if, if you clearly know, hey, this is going to happen. And if you let me do this, I'm going to give you X, Y and Z. A lot of people will still say yes. And when you have that full opt in, there's no real worries about regulation. So I think that's the, the portion of it that needs to be fixed. And once it's addressed and it becomes part of a cleaner ecosystem, the growth potential for both mobile advise, mobile mobile advertisers and traditional advertisers moving into mobile is huge. And do you think that that might uh, become even more difficult or potentially go away with things like regulations like the California Consumer Privacy Act or CCPA, GDPR? I mean, GDPR has been around for a while. Has, I'm, I'm has that uh, changed the way that you guys would market in Europe? You saw a lot of companies in the space, if they weren't already based in Germany or, or, or in Europe, actually pull themselves out of Europe uh, because it just became too difficult to work around. And you saw some companies completely deprio Europe, only focus on the U.S., and now it's, oh, we have CCPA. So I think you have to be aware of it. You need to take the steps accordingly. But again, instead of just getting every single person's data right up front because you have slipped it into your TNC somewhere and they don't really know, you if you're able to get that opt-in, you have free access to use that data and you should. Um, are the, is the available user profiles going to be much lower? Sure. But again, the, the company that finds that value prop and is able to make that clear to someone is who's going to succeed. So again, the, the example I used um, when I was on, the, on stage a few years ago was if Macy's shows me ads for cooking items, I'm probably not going to be that excited about it. But if they say, hey, if you let us um, track your data, every time you go into a store, I'm going to give you 15 to 20% off your sneaker purchase. 
that's a pretty worthwhile value proposition. Andrew says yes. Right. So again, it's, so we have all this data on people. Why not find a way to combine that customer profile with also a value prop for them to in exchange, give you the data. So I think that you've had, you've had GDPR around for a while. Mobile advertising still exists, even though it was supposed to be the death now. Still exists in Europe. It's the same things rolling out now in the U.S. It's still going to exist. I think the you know the simple fact of the matter is advertising is not going anywhere. So there will be ways to work around it. It's what do you have available? Maybe you need to do more extrapolation. Maybe you only have ten percent of the available profile, so you need to do some extrapolation around that to create better audiences for yourself to target. But I don't I don't see it just shutting down everything that's going on. People are just going to have to get more creative. Um, so, Andrew, thank you very much for taking the time to be here with sure. us on the Happy Hour. Yes. But since it is the Happy Hour, let's just ask you one final question. What, at the end of the day, what is your go-to drink? It depends very much on a day, you know. If it's like a very positive day, then I'm going to go Paloma. Uh, I'm a huge Paloma fan. Um, it's, uh, it's a nice tequila Good grapefruit, like hopefully fresh grapefruit, um, some sparkling water, lime, and if you can, salt the rim, but at least throw a dash of salt in there because, you know, salt in the grapefruit, yeah, salt bay that up. Um, It really brings out the flavor of the grapefruit with the salt. So that's on like a really good day. On the the little tougher days, it'll be a nice Anejo tequila on the rocks all by itself, slow sipper, and just enjoy the flavors. All right, so if you see Andrew with a drink in his hand, you know what kind of day he's having. Yeah. Based on <laughs> if it's colorful, hey, come say hey. hey. If it's not... Salt or no salt, yeah, you'll you just know. Talk? <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> All right, Andrew, thank you very much. And uh, where can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about your sneaker collection? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to learn more about sneakers or anything about me, just go to my LinkedIn. It's uh, LinkedIn.com, Andrew Burnbrier. Really straightforward. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me, guys. Yeah. Hey, you made it to the end of the episode. Thanks for taking the journey with us, and we hope you found it exactly as advertised. Where it was mostly fun and entertaining, but we did manage to get in a little tech talk in there as well, so you can kind of tell your managers that this was actually time spent doing work stuff. Trust me, we won't tell on you. Please subscribe so you can get notifications every time we release an episode. And please head on over to appgrowthsummit.com. Let us know what you thought or let us know if you'd like to be a guest in a future episode or recommend the guest that would be absolutely amazing. Please tell all your friends and colleagues about the happy hour and be sure to have lots of laughs until the next episode.